is there going to be an overall host like you know Bob Hope used to be and and other other people have been along? Is somebody going to coordinate all of that? Do you know? I don't know of any one particular person that's going to be the host. I've not seen one. Okay. Well, a lot of television has been done in the last year in that kind of Zoom. I'll say Zoom atmosphere where where everybody is not in the same place and they're all sort of brought together electronically. And so that apparently, I did see a note as I was preparing today that something was going to be done at the Union Station, a railroad station in Los Angeles. Uh, and that's why, what made me think about asking this, this particular question and so on. Well, but, I think that that's done in lieu of a red carpet type of appearance. I don't know this for sure. But the idea there is, is that you you got sort of travelers arriving kind of thing. What I'm ah, saying. okay, interesting. Well, now we know what where Ryan Seacrest will be. Uh, he's always somewhere around the red carpet. It looks like, uh, <laughs> and, and, or, or he may or may not be. But it, the program is going to be on ABC Television, and it's going to be on Sunday night. And I suspect it's going to start about eight o'clock. So it, it's pretty much uh, uh, while the format will be a little different. Uh, the the uh, Framework will be pretty much the same, and you said I think April twenty fifth. Okay, that's April twenty fifth. So uh, the way they plan out, it's going to be about uh, one month from this coming weekend or so. Okay, now the nominees were announced. Anywhere you need to to give an explanation of something that's different, the nominees were announced yesterday morning. Uh, uh, from from I think whoever does them in California has to get up real early to do them because they're they're done in California but they're sort of done for the East Coast news market at uh, and you know, it'll be on about nine o'clock or something like that in the morning or maybe six o'clock I, I can't remember but they were announced yesterday morning and you've only had about uh, thirty six hours to sort of prepare whatever you're going to say tonight so I commend you already before we so where, where do we want to start do we want to start by talking about uh, who who the nominees are for the for the obvious ones, the pictures, the actors, and things like that, or, or what? Well, I'd like to do a few background notes, Tom, to, to sort of showcase uh, this or showcase this, and then we'll move into the nominations for Best Picture as well as the Actor and Director nomination. We'll probably do those fairly quickly. Uh, as you noted, Tom, the, uh, the broadcast and the presentation of the awards has been delayed from February 28, 2000. 21 to April 25th of 2021, the eligibility period for the Academy Awards themselves, the uh, consideration for them was extended from the usual period of January 1st of a year to December 31st of that same year. Uh, it was extended from January 1st of 2020 through February 28th of 2021. So basically it gave them two more months. Uh, to consider what films might be chosen. Tom, in a typical year, as you know, we've talked about this many times, movies must open in theaters and run for at least a week in both New York and Los Angeles to be eligible for Oscars, okay? Can I stop you for a second, Stephen? Can I stop you for a second? Sure. Uh, since we're covering this, I believe it has to be in certain designated theaters. It can't be just any theater, but it has to be certain designated theaters. It has to run for that amount. Or, or is that, or am I wrong on this? Uh, I think it probably is in designated theaters. It has to do with the ability of the voting members of the Academy and how they can see it in the primary places are in New York City 
downtown Los Angeles. And so I think they're a designated theater where it, where it would run for that week to be available for viewing by the voting members of the academy. Right, and uh, I know, know one thing, and it may not be on the maybe for specialized films like foreign films and and things like that, but that that uh, uh, either CD, DVDs, or uh, video cassettes, or some form of uh, of uh, transcription uh, is sent to certain members of the academy so that they can view it in their home to make sure that they're able to see things. Foreign language films, I think, are are, are usually done that way. Thanks, so, Tom. Uh... Uh, no, Tom, the rules have shifted this year to allow films that premiered only on streaming services to qualify for Oscar nominations. But there's a, a caveat, and an important one is that the movies that would fit this, uh, they must have been planned to open in theaters before the pandemic prevented them from doing so. So, in other words, there would have had to have been a planned release date already in place to, to be released to the theaters. Uh, and it, it changed because of the presence and the restrictions of the pandemic. It, it, again, it was initially scheduled to be in theaters, and now it comes out on streaming. Those films are eligible now for um, for to be nominated for the Academy Awards, and of course their participants as well. And so again, it, it, the film has to have been scheduled to be released, and to use a term we've used on this show before, the brick and mortar theater scheduled now, but then right. could not because of the problems with COVID, and instead was released via the streaming service. Right. I think I understand what you're saying, and it, it would mean that, for instance, if you had a movie that you came up with that you uh, uh, issued that, and you put it just on a streaming schedule, it would not be eligible uh, under the, these particular circumstances. Right. And the rules have changed, at least for the moment, only for this year, Tom. Because there is an ongoing hope, we'll label it as hope, that the theaters are eventually going to reopen. And we've talked about that at length. There is a chance, Tom, that a large majority of theaters will not reopen for various reasons that we've talked about in the past. Okay, economic, among others. Uh, before we go on to the next step, Stephen, or turn, turn to the next corner, we ought to take a little break here and give you a chance to uh, catch your breath. I can catch my breath. and. And uh, we'll come back and consider again the the Oscar nominations, which were issued yesterday morning uh, from uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, I believe. And Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight on WPTF, talking about what's been nominated and some of the special circumstances that have changed for this pandemic year. We'll be back with Stephen in just a couple of minutes. Picture Arts and Sciences, I believe I've got that right, Stephen. I'm going to toss the ball back to you and see where we need to go from here. Well, Tom, this is the 93rd Academy Awards presentation. Uh, of note, 70 women were nominated. In 70, they had 76 nominations that were uh, given to 70 women. Uh, so there is the effort to uh, diversify uh, in Hollywood is succeeding. It's, it's ongoing. But, Tom, for the first time, two women were nominated in the director category. Emerald Fennell uh, and Chloe Zhao were nominated for the directing category for the first time, and Miss Zhao was the first woman of uh, color to be nominated in that category. Uh, Tom, the uh, top nominated film was the film known as Mank, or named Mank, 
and Mank is about uh, Herman Mankiewicz's development of a he's a famous screenwriter and and uh, uh, participant in the Hollywood the old Hollywood scene. Uh, Mank is about his development of the screenplay for the classic movie Citizen Kane, and it leads with ten nominations. Uh, Tom, and there are three African Americans that are nominated in the Best Supporting Actor category. Two of them come from one film, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, and one comes from One Night in Miami, and we'll get to those later. Tom, I'd like to move to the films that have been nominated for Best Can, I, can we go back for one second? Sure. Can we go back for one second? Yes, of course. Uh, I think it, that it was Jesus and the Black Messiah. Isn't that the, uh, a movie that the entire production situation is in the hands of African Americans? It's Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas, and, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Tom, I believe that may be true. I actually have to look into that. I didn't get that focus tonight. But okay. Well, the, one of the things I want to make note of, Tom, is that there are heavy-duty dramas nominated for uh, the best picture this year. I mean, it is not a year when you're going to get a musical. It hasn't been for a long time. It's not a year when a comedy is going to be nominated. I actually can't think of the last time when a true comedy was nominated for Best Picture. A lot of heavy-duty dramas, and that particular film that you mentioned, Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah, is an extremely serious look at uh, um, the inner workings of the Black Panther organization in the state of Illinois. Well, I, I can tell you that one of the things I did, and both of us had short time for preparation, but I looked at the trailers of, is it there seven nominees for Best Picture? Eight. Eight, and I can tell you, based on the trailer, I looked at them today, and so they were you know, all together, and I could, it was just like one wave, and you're right, there's some pretty heavy-duty stuff in there. I'm going to have to get you to explain me off the air to some of what's going on in some of them. So, but, you're, but you're exactly right. It's heavy-duty stuff. And let me let me introduce a word that I think that they've used. Uh, the, the, the people nominated this year represent a more inclusive view of society or... or demographic, uh, and that is they're women, they're men, they're whites, they're African-Americans, they're Latinos, they're Orientals, but the, the whole waterfront is covered. And, and the rules, I think, have been changed and altered with an emphasis along those lines. The hope would have been that they would have naturally changed over time. They didn't actually do that, and so now the rules have changed, and the uh, effect of those rules can be seen in this year's nominees. Okay. So, may I go on, Tom? You may go on, and I apologize for interrupting. No, no, don't apologize. We mentioned, Mank, that's uh, about the behind-the-scenes of Susan Cain. stars Gary Oldman, who won an Oscar, Best Actor Oscar, a few years ago for playing Winston Churchill. Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, and Tom Pelfrey star in that. The second movie nominated, Tom, is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Also about a very serious topic. Uh, comes from an era that you probably know fairly well, Tom. Uh, in 1968, they had planned a peaceful protest at the 1968 Democratic Convention, and it turned into a violent clash with the police. Federal government charged seven people in 1969 with conspiracy and other charges. Uh, this was directed by Aaron Sorkin, who is uh, known, well known for directing uh, The West Wing on television, Tom. This has top acting talent. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, who won an Oscar for playing Stephen Hawking, is in it, as well as Sasha Baron Cohen, 
and others. Uh, if you watch that, you're going to see a lot of famous acting faces. Uh, the movie Promising Young Woman is also um, nominated, and this is a, a uh, showcase for the talents of Carrie Mulligan, who previously starred in the movie known as Shane, and that was in, I believe she played Daisy in the last uh, showing of, uh, of uh, The Great Gatsby, the last retelling of this. Uh, Tom, it's about a, a promising young woman named Kathy, and so she has a tra tragic event that takes place in her life. She now has a chance to right the wrongs of the past by her actions that you'll see depicted in this movie. Uh, this is a movie directed by a woman, Emerald Fennell, and it's about a woman played by Carrie Mulligan. And uh, the early returns on this time were very good. Tom, uh, the movie Nomadland, it follows the economic collapse of a company town. You know what a company town is. A company yeah. town is, of course, where most of the industry and the jobs are surround one particular company. This movie, Nomadland, follows one such town. I'm sorry, Tom, you, you were going to say something. No, 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 I, but I, I, well, you were really reading my mind because I, I actually wasn't going to say anything. I decided not to point out, but the, the obvious example in North Carolina, although it isn't true anymore, used to be Kannapolis, North Carolina, which was pretty much the whole town was owned by Cannon Mills, but that's a, a company town. Yeah, it's, it's a, a classic, I think, example of a company town. Well, this, follows, this movie, Nomadland, follows the economic collapse of a company town in rural Nevada. Frances McDormand, who's a two-time Oscar winner, Tom, also a producer of this movie, she packs all the stuff she has into a van and sets off for a journey to the American West after losing everything during the recession. Uh, again, she's a double mama, a double winner, Tom, for Best Actress Fargo and uh, I think it's uh, three billboards outside Nibbling, Missouri, I think was the other one. Um, Heavy-duty drama, Tom, about a very serious topic. And again, this is the one that Chloe uh, Zhao directed and... Uh, I think she's a Chinese director, Tom, but uh, always Chinese heritage. Uh, but uh, this has, I think this is probably going to be the favorite of all of them, even though Maine got 10, ten nominations. <clears throat> Excuse me, we will talk about that when we uh, are picking uh, the Oscar, possible Oscar winners a little is later she, on. Is she still married to one of the Cone brothers? To my knowledge, she is, Tom, yes. And, uh, she's a tremendous actress. She's gone from being a to put it on John New to, uh, to being a very serious actress who now produces films in which she's been nominated for her third Academy Award after winning two. Right. Well, I, I, anybody that ever saw Fargo just has to recognize that she did a pretty good job in that. Tom, we got about... about uh, are you still there, Stephen? Did we lose you? Okay, John, did we lose Stephen? Okay, what we'll have to do, we'll have, it's uh, 9.29, it's almost 9.29.20, so uh, until we can recover Stephen through his telephone connection and continue our coverage of the uh, Oscar nominees, I will tell you that uh, we will, he'll be back after we make a check of the news here, and that uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, on uh, Wednesday, uh, it will be St. Patrick's Day, and it's a day I get to, to, to do something I started doing about 20 years ago, and that is do a meditation on, uh, and it's sort of from my point of view on Ireland and the Irish in America, but I hope you will tune in for that uh, tomorrow night. We'll be back after we check the news. 
Patrick's Day, and we will have our annual meditation on on uh, Ireland, the Irish in America, and uh, yours truly will get to be the meditator. But I hope you'll listen, and we'll have a couple of tunes that remind you that a good bit of American music and Irish music is not all that different. Uh, Thursday night, Dr. Funkhauser, Dr. Edward Funkhauser, uh, will be here for his update on the necrology. A necrology, of course, is a list of those who have died but deserve to be remembered. And Ed was last with us around the 1st of February, so we have February and uh, a little over half of March to cover. But Ed will be with us on Thursday night. Friday night will be Friday night trivia. Uh, And next week we're going to have a couple of programs. One will be from the Red Cross and... uh, Another one will have to do with the North Carolina Arts Council, uh, and uh, so we hope you will tune in. We try to have a variety of programs and hope we'll find something that you like to listen to at AM 680 and FM 98.5, where tonight you're hearing Stephen Kearney talk about Oscar nominations. Stephen, uh, I think we did get that last sentence in, so we can go on straight ahead uh, in, in terms of dealing with the Oscar nominations. Tom, we have dealt with four of the eight nominated movies for Best Picture. The next one is Judas and the Black Messiah. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. Uh, FBI, an FBI informant uh, who is a career uh, thief infiltrates the Illinois Black Panther Party by keeping tabs on their leader. Uh, he uh, revels in, the informant does, in the danger of uh, manipulating both his comrades and the Black Panthers and his handler, who's a FBI special agent. The big question about this movie, Tom, is as you're watching it, is will he join the forces of good or subdue the leader by any means possible, which he's been directed to do by one J. Edgar Hoover, who's the FBI director. In other words, is he going to stick to his principles, or is he going to do what Mr. Hoover wants, and that is do it any way that he can? Tom of interest, Martin Sheen, plays J. Edgar Hoover, uh, this is, uh, I think, a very promising movie and maybe the one that would upset Nomadland or Mank as the top um, uh, Best Picture uh, nominee for this year. Uh, two of the actors have been nominated uh, in the Best Acting category, Tom, and um, they are uh, probably going to end up canceling each other out, which would be sad, but uh, that's how, how it often happens when you have two in the same category from the same movie. And as you okay. said, this may be a movie, Tom, where it was entirely made by a person who are African-American. Okay. Okay. Tom, uh, the next movie, and a couple of, well, I guess this was uh, last year, I think, was uh, we had, the best picture was a movie made uh, by Koreans, Tom. It was a Korean movie. And uh, this year we have the movie Minari, uh, Minari follows a Korean-American family that moves to a tiny town in Arkansas in search of their own American dream, Tom. The family is uh, challenged by the arrival of their sly, foul-mouthed, but loving grandmother. Uh, the struggle of life in the Ozarks by a Korean-American family, Minari uh, shows uh, the viewer the resistance, excuse me, the resilience of family and what really makes a home. Uh, I would say this is a movie that's probably going to target the heartstrings, except for the next movie, Tom, which is The Father. The Father is uh, a man named Anthony, who's played by Academy Award winner 
Anthony Hopkins. He's 80 years old. He's mischievous. He lives uh, defiantly alone. It sounds very, very familiar, Tom. He rejects uh, any caretakers that his daughter, Anne, introduces him to. But they've reached a point in uh, Anthony's life and Anne's life where she's going to need help, Tom. She can't keep making daily visits to see him. And Anthony, the father, the named father, his grip on reality is slowly unraveling uh, how much of his own identity, who he is and, and who he's been, can he remember is a question. Essentially, the daughter, Anne, must grieve the loss of her father while he still lives and breathes in front of her. Anne is played by, I, I think, an Academy favorite, Olivia Coleman, and everybody loves Anthony Hopkins, Tom. So, Olivia Coleman is... Go ahead. I was going to say Olivia Coleman, I think, is a British actress, isn't she? But I think she's very well thought of in, in the British she tradition. She is a British actress, and she's absolutely uh, uh, exuberant and, and, and enjoyable to watch when she's interviewed. She's full of life. She won an Oscar, uh, I think, three years ago for The Favorite, and she upset uh, Glenn Close, Tom, uh, who we're going to talk about in just a couple of minutes. But she upset Glenn Close, I think, who had one of her... Uh, Best performances playing a a wife supporting a, a husband in the movie The Wife. Olivia Coleman is also playing uh, Elizabeth II in The Crown that's on uh, Netflix. All right, and you're going to have to explain to me what happened to uh, Glenn Close and uh, Amy Adams, too. Uh, but uh, that's uh, why we have uh, a, a radio program with information on it, so I can find out about stuff. You know what I'm talking about, the Hillbilly movie. Would why it didn't get, I didn't, didn't get any nominations that I could see. So. Well, I got one. Uh, Fort Glenn Close. Um, we're, and we're going to do this uh, at 9.39. We may probably have some time to go through most of these, but we are going to do them fairly quickly. I, I would invite you to comment where you feel that you wish. Uh, in the category for actress in a best supporting role, best actress in the sporting role, Glenn Close is nominated for Hillbilly Allergy. A movie directed by Ron Howard, and she plays a, uh, a rather ornery and tough grandmother. Uh, Glenn Close has been nominated somewhere around eight times, Tom, but has never won. I think there's a good chance she's going to win this year, but she has a problem, Tom, because nominated in the same category as the aforementioned, the previously mentioned, Olivia Coleman, who's nominated as, for her role as the daughter in the movie The Father. Amanda uh, Seyfried from Mank, Young Young Jong from Minari is also nominated, and Maria Bakalova from Borat's subsequent movie film are also nominated. But I'd say this is between Close and Coleman. And I think the Academy, Tom, is trying to find a reason, and there's plenty of reasons she gives them this, to uh, award Glenn Close with an Oscar. Didn't she win the Golden Globe? I think she did, Tom. Let's see here. I'm looking at my, my information here. Um, let's see here. Close received Best Supporting Actress nomination at the Academy Awards, which we've mentioned, the Golden Globe Awards, and the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Uh, Amy Adams, that you mentioned, she was also recognized with the Screen Actress Guild and also had a, that was for, with a nomination for Outstanding Lead Actress. She did not get nominated, though, Tom, by the Academy, to my knowledge. As you say, okay. we're still you and I digesting these. They were about 36 hours ago. They were they were announced. I know so, you 
you've done a, this is going to be interesting. You've done a good job so far. I, I commend you. But keep going. All right. Best actor in a supporting role. Sasha Baron Cohen is nominated for this. Is you got to see this movie, Tom. Uh, you may not. It may be too close to home for you. But Sasha Baron Cohen plays Abby Hoffman in the trial of the Chicago Seven. And if you're a student of history, which you know that I am, and I know you are, we all know who Abby Hoffman is. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya plays uh, Judas and the Black in, in Judas and the Black Messiah, as does Lakeith Stanfield. They play uh, respectfully uh, the um, the informant and the leader of the Illinois Black Panther uh, chapter. Uh, they are both nominated in supporting role categories. Uh, Tom, usually they cancel each other out when that kind of thing happens. Paul, I think it's Racy or Reiki. The Sound of Metal, and uh, Leslie Odom for One Night in Miami are also nominated. Uh, that's a real toss-up right there, that, that category. I think uh, the, just based on seeing the trailer, The Sound of Metal is an, is an interesting movie. So, uh, I think it is, too, and it makes one think about more than just the music involved. The, the Sound of Metal is not just about drumming. It's about the ability, if you will, to perceive and hear. But maybe more importantly, the choices that a human being makes between uh, having a sane, sober life and, and the drive to uh, achieve in a career that probably is uh, is either killing him or basically at least making him lose one of his senses. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay, Tom. Actor in a best, best actor in a leading role. Uh, we just mentioned Sound of Metal. Rise of Mad Place Ruben is the drummer who's begun to lose his hearing and is a heroin addict. Um, that's a very challenging role, but again, very dark and heavy drama, Tom. Anthony Hopkins plays the father. We mentioned him earlier. He's an Academy Award winner for The Silence of the Lambs. Gary Oldman plays Herman Mankiewicz. Uh, he won for playing, as I said earlier, Winston Churchill in the movie uh, The Darkest Hour. And Stephen Yeun plays, uh, I think he plays the father in Minari. That's the Korean-American family that moves to Arkansas. But, Tom, I think this is going to be one but Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman uh, passed away back in August last year. Uh, he was, I'm trying to remember, Tom, who was number 42 of the Dodgers? Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. He played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42. He was a superb actor. He played uh, uh, in the movie The Black Panther. He played the, the lead role in that. And he's nominated for the best actor. Oscar uh, for his role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is about uh, the uh, turbulent recording session in 1920s Chicago, taken from a stage play. And uh, they, I've never heard of I've not seen this one. Uh, my uh, roommate has seen it, and she says uh, that it's a superb movie. He plays a trumpet player. In 1920s jazz, Chicago, Ma Rainey is a singer, Tom. Um, I think he's got this hands down. I'd be surprised if he doesn't win it. They may give it to him because uh, he's, he's sort of a lifetime achievement. He did not make many films and has passed away. But they probably will give it to him because it's just a superb performance in a key role uh, of this film, Tom. Okay, and it, is it Violet Davis that plays Ma Rainey? I think so, yes, Tom. Um, I was just going to move to actress in the leading role of Violet Davis. 
nominated for Mona Rainey's Grand Bottom, and I think she's in the aforementioned Mona Rainey. Uh, Andrew Day plays, I think she plays Billie Holiday, Tom, in the United States versus uh, Billie Holiday. Uh, uh, Miss Holiday, I think, has a, had a heroin problem, and it, essentially this uh, movie um, tracks her very turbulent life. She died, I believe, in early to mid-50s, uh, Tom. Uh, actress Vanessa Kirby is nominated for Pieces of a Woman. It, we mentioned Frances McDormand, The Nomad Land. May not win this time, Tom, because she already has two. But everything she does is excellent. Uh, the initial, uh, the forerunner or the initial leader in this particular category was uh, Carrie Mulligan, Tom, for the movie Promising Young Woman. Uh, I'd say it's progress between her and Viola Davis at this point. In the director category, Tom. Uh, oh, can you hold on right there? Let's use that for tease. Find out what Stephen has to say about who was nominated for the best director, and I guess maybe we'll come back to circle around to the best picture again, too. But we need to take a break right now on the Tom Kearney Show. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. I'm Tom Kearney. The Tom Kearney Show is here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10. We invite you to join us for a little bit of live and in real time radio, such as my guest, my very own brother, Stephen Kearney, who is, uh, well, he, he keeps up with the entertainment scene, and that's a, kind of a hobby, I guess, and he has been a, a good correspondent for us in dealing with movies and television and so on, and tonight he's been talking about the nominations made for the Academy Awards for this year, a little bit later than in years past because of the pandemic, but uh, they were released yesterday morning, and he did a quick take on them, and they will be awarded. The awards will be on April 25th. And I think Stephen had gotten to the point where he was going to talk about the directors who had been nominated for directorial efforts in terms of the Academy Awards. I believe that's right, Stephen. Right, Tom. We are, there are five, five nominees. Uh, for most categories, there tend to be five nominees with the exception of Best Picture. Uh, and it's on a formula that when we have about an hour to talk about nothing else, and I will talk about that. But here are your nominees for Best Director, Tom. Uh, Thomas Venterberg for another round. And I must confess, Tom, I'm still trying to find out what that's about. Uh, David Fincher is nominated for Mank. Uh, that, again, that's essentially the story of Herman Mankiewicz. The background, the behind-the-scenes going on of writing the screenplay for Citizen Kane. Lee Isaac uh, Chung is nominated for Minari. That, once again, is the Korea-American families that goes to the Ozarks, Tom. Um, Chloe Zhao is nominated for Nomadland. And Emily Fennell is nominated for Promising Young Woman. Uh, Miss Zhao and Miss Fennell uh, are both nominated women for the first time in Academy history. The first time two women have been nominated for Best Direct. So we must make note of that, Tom, because there are um, there are strides being made to correct some inequities in Academy uh, nominations and voting. Uh, in that category, Tom, but we'll, again, we'll talk about who uh, I think will be the winner in a later time. But I'd say the early frontrunner is Miss Zhao, uh, because No Madeline is probably a frontrunner for Best Picture. She, they were, she, that was a surprise winner at the Golden Globes at the end of February, and she was a winner for Best Director. For the same movie, also the Golden Globes. Often, that's a predictor, Tom, of um, who may win the Academy Award. 
that the Golden Globes and aren't uh, sometimes the who wins the Screen Actors Guild Awards uh, part of that formula for trying to prophesy who will win the Academy Awards. Yeah, there, there are. Well, one of the things you do this time of year, Tom, is you watch the awards season, and it essentially begins in the early part of, uh, I think, January with the People's Choice Awards. But the key ones for the Academy Awards are things like that you mentioned, like the, the Golden Globe, the SAG Award, which is the Screen Actors Guild. That's actors voting for actors, Tom. Um, in the director category, the one that usually picks in the mid-'90s the correct uh, winner for the Academy Awards is the Director's Guild Award. So if you win that one, and I I don't know who won that one, Tom. We'd have to look that up. But if you win that one, your chances are pretty good that, one, you're going to get a nomination, and you're probably the front runner to be the winner. And uh, if I understood you, you said that, like in the Screen Actors Guild, they, it, the, the actors vote for actors. Uh, they vote for people within their uh, particular profession or part of the industry and, and not across the board, which is, Anybody who's in the Academy of Arts and Sciences uh, can vote for, I think, most of the awards. There are a few that are that are very specialized, like I think the foreign film and things like that are, are, are for smaller groups. But just about anybody can vote for Best Picture and Best Actress and so on. Well, who would know better, for instance, looking at the direct category, who would know better the, the work that should be nominated and awarded than another uh, person in who does that line of work, for instance? Who's going to know better what a good directing job is than another director? Right, they know what to look for, and they know what the strains are, and what what should 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 come out of a particular situation. I'm all I'm all with you on that, Stephen. We've got just about a minute left here, so if there's anything particular you want to cover at this point that you haven't covered, to do that. And remember, I will talk to you off the air after the show. Yeah, the only thing I would mention to our listening audience, Tom, is this something that I do this time of year, and that is try to see as many of these uh, movies as possible, uh, especially the ones nominated for Best Picture. I find that that's a worthy endeavor as we're getting ready for the actual awards. I meant to ask you this, and I don't want to prejudice, prejudice your case in any way, but have you seen many of the Best Picture nominations? Uh, I've not seen as many as I'd like, Tom. I'm still working on it. Uh, I can give you my thoughts on that, but I'd rather wait until we get to, to the night where we talk about my predictions than uh, uh, give me another month, Tom, to look at all of them. So I'd say that's more to look at. Okay, that, that that's really a good idea. I think you think that's exactly the right point of view and what we would want you to do. Well, thank you for taking the time. I mean, you, as I said, you had about 36 hours to get your mess together and to be able to talk about this, and you've helped us out with some information about why things are being done the way they are. And we'll have you back later to do your predictions, and we'll see how it all comes out. And I have an offer to make you with regard to a show in a couple of weeks, but we'll talk about that off the air. Tomorrow night, we're going to have a meditation on the Irish and Ireland and America.